Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Okay. Herman was um, practicing. <laughs> he was practicing his scary faces, but we're going to spare you of his scary faces. So, um, yes, apparently we were missed last week. I was in Idaho. No, were you? No, you weren't in Idaho. I had a, I had another office hours that I had to do. Oh, it was the week that before. That was the week before. So it's been two, two weeks. weeks. I missed two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And it was so funny. One of the clients at our barn today was like, are you doing your Facebook Live tonight? <laughs> I was like. We so are back in the Technicolor. It's a thing. Like people are looking forward to our, um, our Facebook Lives. So tell everyone about your exciting day yesterday. Oh, can I get the picture? I'll put it on the screen. Oh, you have it. Yes. I'll hold it up to the screen. I took the day off yesterday and I went to the ocean. Oh, and here I'll it hold is. it up to the screen. And that was my day. And I was very excited. It's not always that I get to be like Spider-Man, but I uh, I got a lot of fish. So I was very happy. So you have to tell what are those fishes? Those fishes? Fishes. <laughs> what are those fishes? Uh, that's halibut. That is halibut. And you're going to cook some halibut for dinner right, tonight, after right? This, um, one of the guys on the boat was a chef and he gave me a recipe. So I'm going to try that tonight. Awesome. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. And what else is new exciting? It's been super hot. Let well, us know. Started. The heat just started. If you're watching live, let us know how hot it was today for you. How hot was it for us? Well, here 85, uh, but like in LA is 100 and somebody maybe, 100. Yeah. And what are your hot riding tips? You know, the best thing to do about the weather is ignore it. <laughs> okay. There you go. 94 in Temecula. 92, tomorrow 99. Yeah. It's so summertime. we shouldn't, I mean, we get a little ocean breeze at our barn, so we really shouldn't complain that much. But definitely when it's hot, I think it's important to, if you can, ride early or late. Um, lots of walk breaks. Like Herman was helping me today with Kensington. And some horses seem to do better with heat than others. Kensington like breathes really hard when it's hot. So I try to give him a lot more walk walk breaks in my ride. And I, I, I suffer from the heat. I do. I just, it just saps the energy right out of me. So I have to wash my head a lot. You hose your head down with water? Yeah, wash my face and head, try and get my temperature back down because we've got horses to ride. Yeah, drink lots of water. 104. Yeah, at that point. How about 108 with 46% humidity? Where's, oh, Lordy. But when triple digit heat, that's a whole other level. Yeah. And I mean, we usually, when it's like triple digit, we usually don't ride, but I also think for the, so for the horses, like if you think that your horse is hot or overheated, hosing them with cold water, but it's really important that you scrape them down 
Like if you're, if you want to cool down your horse, hose them with cold water, you have to scrape all the water off of them and then hose them again and scrape the water off because otherwise the water just sits on their skin. Like it gets trapped and then it can heat them up more. Right. I don't know if that's true. It is true. I believe it's true. That's what the endurance horses do. Like at the cool down stations, they hope like put cold water on them and, and then scrape it. it and then put cold water and then scrape it. So yes, make sure your horses have water. Um, what else is new and exciting? Oh, so I went uh, earlier this week to uh, Archie Cox. He's a hunter jumper trainer and um, judge. And we did a few collaboration videos for all of you jumper riders out there. But it was so awesome to hear from him because he's just such a horseman. And he just like he talked about, you know, the process of training a horse and how it's a low, a long, slow process and with a lot of highs and lows. He talked about the importance of rewarding your horse when they do the right thing. And he he had this great quote. He was like, you have to believe in your horse. And if you believe your horse can do anything, they believe they can do anything. And um, and that's really true. I don't think I'm very good at seeing the good in my horses and believing in them. That's if something I need to can, work on. So you can't. You're right. Um, and even if the water is hot enough to make tea, there's still an evaporative effect of water that helps cool. Yes. Okay. Questions. First question is from Megan. How to make a really nice 10 meter half circle and how to extend the trout without being on the forehand. Those are like two golden questions. How do you make a nice half 10 meter circle? First, you have to see the line that you want to be on. Look up. Step one. Step one. Look up. Look where you're going. <laughs> Connect the line from where you are to where you're gonna be, and then have, and you- Arc. Arc your horse, right? The bend of your horse has to mark, match the arc of that circle. So if you're clear about where you're going and where you are, and then you flex your horse, you bend your horse around to match that line, now you have your circle. Yes, and outside aids are important. Your outside aids are what actually execute the turn, your outside rein, your outside leg behind the girth. And keep the tempo. Don't let your horse slow down or speed up. And the other one was which one, ma'am? Oh, yeah. Extended. How do you extend the trot without being on the forehand? Balance. Tempo. Don't let the tempo go faster. And, and lots of like go a little, come back, go a little, come back. You don't want to just go like. You're right, not until you teach the half halt because you need to have a half halt still, even in the extension. But. Um... If you get more weight in your hands than when you started, he's on the forehand. Okay, random question from a Facebook user. How did Herman get his name? It's in a book. In Argentina, you can only name your children uh, a name that's in the book. Really? And my mother's friend uh, had, my mother's friend's, brother anyway that's how she knew them of the name and so because my name was in the book i got that name who knew i didn't even know that all right next question is from alexandra how do you teach the flying changes once a horse has counter canter and simple changes down 
you got to cowgirl up and ask and see what happens, what right? How do you teach the flying changes once the horse has counter canter and simple changes? Those are the prerequisites for flying changes are counter canter and simple, simple changes. changes yeah. So then what I do, and I think both of our favorite pattern is the shallow loop serpentine pattern. And you do simple changes at each quarter line. And then you ask for the flying change. And the first time you ask the horse for the flying change, it's probably not going to happen. So then you just walk and canter again and go back to your simple changes and then try again. But you have to, like, you want to get the preparation. And at some point you have to ask. And when you teach the flying changes, it's not going to be perfect every time. It's like when you're learning to walk, right? You're going to fall down a lot. You've got to get up and. Right. You lose your balance and you just keep going at it. Yeah. And so it's really about the balance and the preparation. And then, yes, Carol Morton. Yes. I am aware of that study as well, which is why I said nothing. Oh. All right. Um, and then what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So there's a link above or below this video for a free webinar on flying changes. So definitely watch that. Okay, next question is from Lawrence. I have trouble going from free walk to collected walk or stretchy circle to working trot. I never get my range short enough when I'm nervous. Do you have a suggestion on how to make sure your reins are short enough? Especially in first level test one where the free walk is such a short time. It feels like you have to pick up your reins so quickly. Well, you could mark them as to where you like to keep your hands. Like put electrical tape colored electrical tape except for the show the colored tape might be an odd thing but certainly a piece of thread or something and, and then you would know what was the rest of that um like when you pick up the reins quickly enough part of it's just practice you know i think and where are you going to do right because you got to do it across the half diagonal and the diagonal depends but anyway at the quarter line i'm already at that quarter line I think, okay, I've got to take up my outside rein, move the horse into that rein, then shorten the inside, then shorten the outside again, then shorten the inside again, and now I'm ready. Yeah, and it's practice because when we're first starting to ride, it's like very awkward managing the reins. But then once you've ridden tens of thousands of hours, it's like not even, we can just shorten our reins without even thinking about it. Right, I'm down the road thinking about my transition and my hands are doing their thing. Okay, here's the golden question from Cindy. Can you step-by-step step explain a basic half halt in very simple terms? Don't lose your position <laughs> and make two fists. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. I, th I thought, I like the one that you said one time, imagine like you're going to pick up a stone. That's out of a book. That's out from of the uh, ground. I think the German National Handbook, right? So if you have a rock, big heavy rock, and you lift that rock, it's on your steps, right? So you, there's a staircase, there's steps, and you have to lift this great big heavy rock off of the one step, raise it up, and then set it down on the other step above it without making any noise. So it's that where you engage your core, you lift that rock, and then you have to keep your core engaged, but you have to move your hands up forward and set your hand, the rock, on the next step without making any noise. So you're obviously not going to throw the rock. You have to set it down. And that's where you soften because part of the half halt is the release. 
the most important part of the half halt is the release because that's after you've rebalanced your horse now you've you've got to let it back out and carry you uh but i don't know that that was simple yeah or basic but that's a problem I think to keep your core make two fists is yeah and then you have to release those two fists because the thing about half halts is that they're different on every horse and they're different in every moment so it's not like a recipe of like a pound of leg an ounce of hand like there's not a recipe like that you have to feel what your horse needs so in general a half halt is about getting your horse's attention and rebalancing your horse and then letting it out yes so it depends like on a lazy horse you need more leg to push them forward and to get their attention on a hot horse, you might need more shoulder four and a huggy and, leg. Right. And more of that fist feeling. So it really just depends on your horse. But I think it's important to remember that half halt is attention, balance. Okay. Um, next question is from Nicole. This is a good question. How do I stop a horse from pulling? Every time I have to ride any other school horse, I can't do anything because they're constantly pulling me down, mainly at the walk. My left shoulder is seriously hurting and my instructor just tells me to hold their neck up or give them all the reins, but that's not the right thing to do, especially when getting prepared for transitions. Please help. Are you gonna help her? You wanna read that again? I was reading Renee's thing about releasing okay. her horse. How do you stop a horse from pulling? Every time I have to ride another school horse, I can't do anything because they're constantly pulling me down, mainly at the walk. My left shoulder is hurting and my instructor tells me to hold. So the biggest thing is that- I'd make a transition. To halt or trot. Yeah, um, yeah. Or make a circle. I mean, if the neck is yeah. that stiff, because the neck is just braced and so you've got to get you got to make it supple back to the training scale you've got to make that supple transitions would help circles would help um holding is never because you hold they hold and they hold more so you hold more now you're holding more and the horse holds more and that never ends you've got to break that cycle the other thing is that if you're getting pulled forward then you're not sitting back enough because you need to sit back so that when your horse pulls, they pull you into the saddle. Like that famous video of Herman pulling the girl off the saddle in Omaha. But you've got to sit back because there's no way that like your skinny little arm can out pull your horse's big neck. But if your whole body is against it, then at least you have. And then when it goes, it makes a half all by itself. Because if you keep your position, and when the horse goes down and it takes you deeper into the tack, now you've made a half halt. I mean, it was the horse that did it, but you kept your position. And so now you've made it a half halt and then you can release that again. If you're getting pulled over at the waist, your, your base position isn't good. Yeah. And then sometimes like if the horse roots down, so rooting is like where they just like pull down like that. What you can do is if you're on a loose rein and you see them start to just like root down, you can lift quickly well, up. that and you can drive them forward. Yeah. Make, you know, 90% of submission problems are actually impulsion problems. So forward is good. Yeah. But sit back and try not to let the horse um, get the range from you. 
Okay, so Renell says, when I release, my horse wants to stick her nose out again. So half halt, half halt, so many half halts. Yes, you've understood it well. But the other but thing- circles are good, right? Because yeah. you've got to get bend, you have to have suppleness. If their neck is like a, like a, like a broom handle, right? If there's this stiff neck, you have to flex it and supple it. Inside leg to outside rein. Yep. That's the key to life. I have that as a Snoopy and Charlie Brown thing. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lisa, is it possible to fix late behind flying changes on a horse that sure she's doing it right and dead set to stay that way? I'm at the point where I'm thinking I need to control the front end better to prevent her from changing in the front. Am I wrong? She's pretty hot and smart. It's hard. It is hard. Um, you've got to get creative. Um, I've had reasonable success riding haunches into the changes on those types of horses. Yeah, like if you push the haunches a little over to bring the inside hind leg yeah, more forward. Yeah, I've had some luck with that. You know, it's been pretty successful. And then... Usually when they're late behind, it's because they're not active enough and they're not engaged enough. So going back to your walk canter transitions and really making sure that the hind leg comes through the first stride, that's a really good way to um, to fix it. And then you have to have eyes on the ground because it's really hard to, to feel. feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so important. And you want to look, was that one clean? Because... <laughs> It really helps a lot, especially when you have to reschool them and the balance is everywhere. I mean, with, when they're all trained up, you can tell because the balance is good. But when things are chaotic and not on the ground, is great. Okay, here's a great question. Do either of you have a pivotal moment back in the day when you felt you finally understood correct riding and training? If so, what was it? Oh, that's a good question. I like that question. Um. I can remember the thing that stands out the most in my mind, and I've talked about it before, is when uh, when I took a lesson with Albert and he put his hands on my forearms. And I've been riding like 12 years at this point. I mean, like lessons, not banging around in the backyard, flying around, renting horses in Chatsworth. Um, I've been taking lessons and I've been riding and I'd shown the pre-St. George already. And, uh, and he put his hands on my forearm and he said, oh my God, why are you so strong? And, uh, and that really changed my concept of contact and, uh, it's helped every horse I've ever been on since. And the people that I teach too, because I really started to understand about an elastic feel and suppling and flexion. Now I still had an ocean to learn, but that really opened a door to have a, a softer contact and more relaxed horses. That's a good one. I have one. So I, when I grew up, I started out riding like problem horses and young horses, and that was all I did. Um, and I came to California and I was working with my trainer, Sue Martin. She was here and I rode this horse. His name was Lavaro. So I rode him and like, he was fine. Like, okay. We walked track canter. Like he was a normal, like nice horse. Fine. And then I went back to Colorado because I had still one semester left of college. So I left for a year and then I came back and I rode Lavaro a year later and he was like a different horse. He felt completely different. Like he developed suspension. 
in his trot. The connection was so much better. He was carrying himself. He was collected. He was through. And, and that was a moment where I just realized that like you can train a horse and you can completely change the way that the horse feels physically through correct training. And, um, and that was huge for me. That was like when I started to believe in the process and believe in training and believe in dressage, because up to that point, it was just like, I would get a young horse and I would try to get it going walk, trot, canter in 30 to 60 days. And then they'd take it home and I'd have to start over with another one. So that was when I saw like, okay, it takes a year, but if you train and work on it for a year, you can significantly change the horse, which is amazing. Cause I don't know if we could change that much it's, in a year. Yeah. It's that part's just a lot of fun when you do the problem solving and get them to change and be with yeah. you. It is neat. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that we can train them to do what we can and also that we can change them so much physically because I think people are a lot harder to train or to change than horses. For so, sure. Good thing. Different kind of brain and emotion. Okay. Here's Hola, another. primo. Como estas? My cousins Your are cousins are watching. Yeah, my name is on. <laughs> oh, tell them we started to get packages from. <laughs> so, yeah. Ya empezaron a llegar las cosas. Okay. Next question is from Dana. How do you improve slow hind legs? Um, I like walk gallop transitions. <laughs> halt gallop works really well, too. Or even just halt trot. Yeah, but I like halt gallop. <laughs> How about transitions within the gate where you come back and then go and then come back and then go? Yeah, that's good too. I still like to halt gallop. It's a lot of fun. I and think my horses get all revved up and then I'm done. Then okay. they're forward and quick. When you have a horse with slow hind legs, you have to speed yourself up. Like if you're all like slow. I and just taught this lesson two days ago on the horse that we were trying, right? And so she's using her leg, right? So her leg means it, but the rest of her isn't. Remember we did the hysterical breathing? Did we record that, <laughs> yeah. right? Your whole essence, you, you, uh, what do you call it? The, the law of intentionality? Yeah, your intention has to be right. like, get quicker. Your whole being has to become electric. Your, your butt has got to be sending shock waves into that horse and you're breathing and you're minding, you're excited and you're going and you create that and the horse starts going. If you're like, oh, I mean, you go. Oh, I mean, you he never goes. It's your whole being has to do it. Yes. And you also have to use your legs quicker. So like if your horse is trotting and you're going like kick, 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 that's not going to quicken them. If you want them to get quicker, you have to go kick, 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 kick. Like you have to use your leg in a quicker tempo than your horse is going if you want them to get quicker. So, Right, because yes. you got to break the timing. And you, you're, you're the conductor, right? That's what the band is, the conductor? Yes. Right, you got to set the tone for the music. Um, do we have a video on how to use Pivo? So yes, on my YouTube channel, if you go to YouTube and search my name, 
and Amelia. Um, there is a video about how to use the Pivo. I've been using the Pivo a lot actually to video myself. It's incredibly helpful. Like to just see yourself ride. I almost feel like it's as good as the lesson because I go home, I watch myself ride and I'm like, wow, okay, I really need to fix that. And then once you see it and you kind of have that picture of what it looks like, then you can fix it. For those of you that don't know what a Pivo is, it's like this little tripod thing that you, it's really easy to work. You just put your phone in it and then it follows you around. I usually put it in the middle of the arena. I find that that works the best because your phone doesn't have a lot of zoom on it, but I should do another, another Pivo video. As we're talking about the studies, studies have shown that if you watch a video, you can learn up to 80% faster than if you just get the lecture. So there you go. All right. Um, one more question. This um, is can from we do the long trotting. And I'm assuming that that's in a, in a response to the quicker hind leg. Quicker hind leg. And yeah, I think you need transitions. You've got to go quicker because if you just do long trotting for five minutes, now it, it's a you've got to get in and out and in and out. And I don't know about the long trotting. Yeah, long trotting. Yeah, I think you could go like walk, long trot, walk, long trot. Um, but but yeah, long trotting for five minutes isn't going to fix that. No, 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 it's not. Um, oh, look, someone says that her boyfriend is envious of your halibut. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of so is everybody on the boat, and I don't always do that. It was an exceptionally good day for me. Um, Yes, it was it was awesome. It was a lot of fun too. I was we got five fish. There was three of us. We got five fish. All those that I got were I better pounds. hold up the picture again because now there's so many more people. Uh I got three fish and they were all 30 pounds or better. And the the other two fish, one was eight pounds, the other was like twelve. So yes, it was a great day. Here we go. There's the halibut. There's our dinner. If any of you ever are in California, we make the best fish tacos and we always make them for our like client dinners and everything. And now I've become obsolete. When I went to Idaho, I learned how to make it. She sent me pictures of perfectly cooked barbecued halibut and now I'm obsolete. I'm no longer needed here. Yes. All right. If you, I need a favor from you. If you haven't yet, please go to my YouTube channel and subscribe because we're almost to 100,000. I think we're at like 87,000 and it would really help me out if you subscribe. Plus, you'll get notified when I make new videos and we're going to have like, we're going to do something fun when we get to 100,000. What are we going to do? Make fish tacos for everyone? <laughs> yeah, and mail them. We can, we can freeze them and we can mail tacos. Maybe we'll just get some balloons and scare all the horses. That would be exciting. Well, Levi's, horses love balloons. Levi does a great job training horses to be quiet in the cross ties because we always play football soccer with them there in the cross That's ties. True. So they're pretty, uh, pretty tame now. All right. Thank all right, you all. Off to cooking. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, 
or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.